All right, welcome back once again to the Counter Vortex with your ranter, Bill Weinberg, ranting at you in the wee hours of December 30th from my apartment on Manhattan's Lower East Side. And I continue to be, uh, well, like how many days? Uh, 10 days now, going on to 11 days into um, what I believe may be uh, Omicron variant COVID. Definitely some kind of bug that has had me considerably below the weather. Today, a friend of mine brought me a, uh, a home test kit. The second one that I've used, a different friend gave me one uh, uh, last week. So I just took a second one and it again came back inconclusive. The instruction said to look for a, um, a pink line, no matter how faint, within a 10-minute window from uh, 30 minutes to 40 minutes after putting the swab into the solution. And uh, I didn't see any pink line. So I thought, okay, I guess it's not COVID. That's good. But then toward the very end of that 10-minute uh, window, I began to like maybe see one. I wasn't quite sure. So I held it up to very, very strong direct light held it right under a light bulb and used a magnifying glass. And I could see this very, very faint pink line right on the very edge of visibility. So I don't know. I'm going to obviously at this point, I'm feeling just about barely good enough to go out and, um, and get a real test, which I'm obviously going to have to do. Not looking forward to it. And I continue to be absolutely aghast at the, uh, you know, tsunamis of disinformation that are appearing online about COVID-19. I mean, it's just relentless. I mean, you know, for better or for worse, I have to spend a lot of time on Facebook in order to promote my website and my and my work, which nobody would read if I did not promote it on social media. So uh, this unfortunately means that I am privy to the, you know, absolutely relentless, incessant stream of disinformation, which is going around on social media. And the stakes are so high that it's just mind-boggling that anybody could be so monstrously irresponsible as to put their own careers or political agendas or egos ahead of the public good like this. I mean, it does not give me a lot of faith in humanity, quite frankly. Just by way of example, did you see this one? Top FDA vaccine officials resign to avoid prosecution for crimes against humanity as White House CDC commit genocide. That's the headline. With a link to the discredited website Natural News, which reads... <clears throat> Dr. Marion Gruber, director of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's Vaccines Office, and her deputy, Dr. Philip Krause, have both resigned, accusing the White House and CDC of pushing booster shots without supporting data. But with a more informed analysis of the timing of their resignations, we arrive at the conclusion that they knew about the criminal indictments, and this part is in bold, they knew about the criminal indictments that are coming against the genocidal vaccine mass murderers, and they want no part of the post-vaccine Nuremberg 2.0 trials that will indict and prosecute hundreds of former government officials for their role 
in crimes against humanity. Okay, <laughs> what they mean by a more informed analysis of the timing of their resignations means some crazy bullshit that they just made up. And in fact, if you actually look at their own given reasons for their resignations, it is precisely the opposite of what you would glean from reading this wackiness, this complete fabricated bullshit on so-called natural news. This is what they wrote in an op-ed in the Washington Post on November 29th. Three FDA officials who resigned, Philip Krause, Marion Gruber, and Paul Offit. Quote, The push for boosters for everyone could actually prolong the pandemic. The campaign includes exaggerated accounts of the waning efficacy of the vaccines, giving the public, including the vaccine-hesitant, reason to think that the shots are less effective than originally advertised. And promoting and distributing booster shots distracts officials and healthcare providers from the far more important task of reaching vaccine holdouts and vaccinating children. End quote. So they didn't resign because they felt that the booster was uh, another ineffective vaccine and was potentially, uh, you know, dangerous in its own right. They resigned because they felt that the push for the booster was portraying the original two shots of the vaccine as less effective than they actually were. And in that sense, in that sense, only the booster could be dangerous. So precisely the opposite of what is portrayed in that piece in Natural News. And I have to emphasize here, I am not saying that I agree with them or that I don't. And I'll also note that quite possibly the analysis has changed since back in uh, late November when they, when they resigned and wrote that story for the Washington Post in light of the Omicron variant. What I am saying is that their reasons for stepping down are being distorted by the disinfo industry and, and outlets like so-called natural news, which are completely post-truth and unscrupulous. And if you are, you know, spending uh, your time on social media in a, uh, you know, a confirmation bias, algorithm-driven, um, you know, feedback loop where you're just seeing garbage like this all day long, you're getting a very distorted view of reality and you badly need to come up for air. And no, you aren't like smarter and more savvy and more woke and more hip than all of the rubes who read the MSM, the mainstream media. Exactly the opposite. You're being played for a fool by peddlers of disinformation. You've got it entirely backwards, as these anti-vaxxers almost always do. Another case in point. You know how these uh, conspiracy theorists are always jabbering about how COVID deaths are actually being overcounted with deaths by other causes attributed to COVID? Well, once again, they have it precisely backwards. This is uh, one account from uh, USA Today, December 22nd. Uncounted, inaccurate death certificates across the country hide the true toll of COVID-19. In some counties, half of the spike in deaths during the pandemic is attributed to COVID-19. Researchers say that points to a massive undercount. Looking at one county in Louisiana, they write, quote, If official figures are to be believed in Lafayette Parish, 
deaths at home from heart disease increased by 20% from 2019 to 2020. Deaths from hypertensive heart disease or heart ailments due to high blood pressure doubled and are on track to remain that high in 2021. These sudden unexplained jumps in deaths at home from diseases with symptoms similar to COVID-19 point to a substantial undercount of the pandemic's toll. So once again, all you conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers have got it precisely backwards. And, you know, I mean, if you guys want to believe some wackiness about how, uh, you know, there were pre-planted explosives in the Twin Towers on 9-11 or that the moonshot was staged and they never really went to the moon, well, you know, that's dangerous because it, you know, it just kind of erodes the general intellectual atmosphere. But um, it can only do so much harm. This is having a direct impact on public health. When you're encouraging people not to vax and not to mask, that is having a direct impact on public health. This is dangerous. This is socially irresponsible in the extreme. And now let's continue our um, examination of the politics behind this whole anti-vax, anti-mask global mass movement, because, you know, that's unfortunately what it's turning into. All right, so last week I noted that the uh, the anti-vax, anti-mask, and anti-lockdown protest in Germany have been positively infested with all of these far-right groups like the Alternative for Deutschland and various neo-Nazi conglomerations. And I noted that um, in the state of Saxony, the police actually broke up an apparent assassination plot by some anti-vax militants on the, uh, the governor of the state. And the protests in, um, in Saxony are being led by a group called the Free Saxons which is said by uh, the German media to have ties to the uh, neo-Nazi far right, which I have no reason to doubt. A lot of these protests have turned violent, and it's again reached the point of uh, physical threats. I'm reading now from Deutsche Welle, German news service, December 6th. It was already dark when around 30 people gathered in front of the private home of Petra Koping, health minister in the German state of Saxony in the small town of Grima on Friday evening. That would have been December 3rd. Some carried flaming torches in their hands. The Free Saxons, classified as a right-wing extremist group in Germany, has taken credit for the action on Twitter. Shouting loudly and blowing whistles, they staged a protest against Germany's measures to counter the COVID-19 pandemic and against compulsory vaccination, which the country may introduce in the year to come. And again, I'm remembering the headlines from Michigan almost exactly a year ago, December 7th, 2020, when so-called Stop the Steal protesters, armed with rifles, protested outside the home of the Michigan Secretary of State, CBS, December 7th, 2020. Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson says armed protesters gathered outside her home on Saturday night, shouting obscenities and chanting at the bullhorns in the dark of the night. In a statement posted on Twitter, Benson said the protesters were, quote, an extension of the noise and clouded efforts to spread false information about the security and accuracy of our elections that we've all endured in the month since the polls closed on November 3rd, end quote. 
So, this seems to be their latest trick. Again, from Michigan to Saxony. At least in Saxony, they just had torches and not rifles. And not precisely the same issue, but, uh, you know, clear overlap in the constituencies of this um, COVID denialism and the attempt to, uh, you know, overturn the election here in the United States last November. The same far-right politics and the same post-truth reality-denying element. Okay, and last week I also recalled the incident um, in September of last year when uh, anti-vax protesters, including neo-Nazis, attempted to storm the parliament building in Germany, in Berlin, the Bundestag. We just had a, uh, a little replay of that in Romania, reading from uh, Radio Free Europe, December 21st. Anti-vaccination protesters affiliated with a far-right Romanian parliamentary party have tried to force their way into the legislature building in Bucharest, blocking traffic and vandalizing vehicles, including a car belonging to the U.S. Embassy. An estimated 2,500 people gathered outside Parliament on December 21st, waving Romanian flags and chanting freedom in a protest organized by the opposition Alliance for Uniting Romanians, AUR party. The protesters were attempting to prevent lawmakers from making a COVID-19 health pass mandatory for workers. Police guarding the sprawling Parliament Palace, one of the largest buildings in the world, appeared to be caught off guard when hundreds of protesters poured in through a gate while others climbed over the fence, spray-painting parked vehicles. Again, rather redolent of uh, what happened in Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Turning to Britain now, from The Guardian, December 29th, anti-vaxxers storm COVID testing center during Freedom Rally. Protesters seen in video appear to confuse test site with vaccine center while claiming to have, quote, woken up, end quote. Confused anti-vaccine protesters entered a Test and Trace Center in Milton Keynes, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, a town in Buckinghamshire, appearing to believe it was a coronavirus vaccine center where they were filmed shouting abuse at staff and appearing to steal equipment. Video shared on social media showed the group of several dozen activists led by former UKIP candidate Jeff Wyant, that's the UK Independence Party, Notoriously right-wing, xenophobic, pro-Brexit conglomeration. Walking through the facility, holding signs, encouraging people not to get vaccinated, and criticizing the BBC. Wyatt, a former deputy of the far-right For Britain movement, addressed crowds at a rally held before the storming of the COVID-19 testing site, where he claimed there are millions of like-minded anti-vaccine activists who have woken up. Piers Corbin, a prominent anti-lockdown protester and the brother of the former Labour Party leader, Jeremy Corbyn, could not be seen in the footage, but was pictured attending other stops along the so-called Freedom Rally, including an invasion of the Milton Keynes Theatre. Well, that's certainly interesting. All right. A couple of things to point out about this. For starters, 
I would not assume that they were necessarily confused, as the Guardian puts it. Some of these people are so out of touch with reality that they actually oppose COVID-19 testing. Not only the vaccines, but the testing. And you'll recall on a uh, an, an earlier podcast about this back in October, I noted a, uh, a rally that was just held here in New York on October 2nd up in Union Square, where a bunch of uh, these anti-vax fools actually attacked and trashed a COVID testing site that had been set up, kind of a table with an awning that had been set up out on the street alongside Union Square Park. They tore it down and they trashed it. Not even a vaccine site, but a COVID testing site. I'm not sure these people were, uh, you know, confused as to, you know, what they were protesting. <laughs> They're confused in a much, much, much deeper sense than, than what is implied by this text. I think they are so confused that they are knowingly protesting not only vaccination, but testing. That's how deeply confused they are. And uh, what are we to make of Piers Corbin? I did not know about this until I just read this uh, this article. All right, now, you know, I'm not saying this necessarily reflects on Jeremy. I mean, you know, I've got a brother. We shared a room in uh, in Jackson Heights, New York, for 18 years, and we came out like day and night. We are as different as two people can be. So uh, maybe Jeremy and Piers are just another case of that, of, you know, a couple of brothers coming out as polar opposites. But I can't tell pointing out that there has been a certain convergence of the left and the right or elements of the left and the right around this anti-vax dangerous nonsense. And the increasingly, you know, populist posture and seemingly anti-authoritarian posture of the fast-rising radical right all around the world, particularly in the U.S. and Europe, a lot of lefties are in danger of getting taken in. And more about this in... uh, Our next news clip, which brings us uh, back here to New York City from uh, AM New York, December 28th. Five arrested at downtown Brooklyn Burger King following anti-vax protest. Five maskless anti-vax protesters wound up in handcuffs Monday night after storming a downtown Brooklyn Burger King, apparently in opposition to the city's COVID protocol. Videos posted to the Twitter account at Patriot Takes, show dozens of people flooding the fast food restaurant on Fulton Street, many filming the protest on cameras and smartphones. The protest came on the day the city's vaccine mandate for private employers took effect and amid the ongoing Omicron variant-fueled surge in COVID-19 infections. Some chanted, let's go, Brandon, an anti-Biden coded curse popular among right-wing supporters uncomfortable with using the F-word in public. I hope I don't have to explain Let's Go Brandon. If you're all in tune with the current zeitgeist, you already know about Let's Go Brandon, which has sort of become one of these weird um, coded signifiers for the radical right. It's actually supposed to mean, I'll just say it, (coughs) fuck Joe Biden, if you don't know that. (coughs) While one with a megaphone said, and this is the part that really makes my blood boil, quote, no segregation, no discrimination, end quote. 
According to New York City Police Department, the five arrested were charged with trespassing after allegedly refusing to leave the burger joint after repeated requests to do so and were issued desk appearance tickets, orders to appear in critical court. New York City requires proof of vaccination for all indoor activities, including dining, attending fitness classes, movies, and live performances, blah, blah, blah. And I can tell you, you know, that it's not being enforced nearly enough as far as I'm concerned, just based on my own personal experience. But um, I can't tell you how irksome it is to hear one of these fools say, no segregation, no discrimination. For these people who are, you know, standing up for their so-called right to spread disease and threaten public health, and are intimately linked to the racist right in this country and worldwide, appropriating the rhetoric of the civil rights movement. It's just viscerally disgusting. Uh. All right, now, I've been warning from the beginning of this pandemic about the civil liberties implications. So I don't entirely dismiss those concerns. And certainly, you know, the kind of utterly draconian crackdowns or lockdowns that we saw uh, in, in China last year are legitimate cause for concern and set a very dangerous precedent. So to a certain extent, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, right-wing exploitation of, to a certain extent, legit civil libertarian concerns. But uh, let's not forget that it is clearly right-wing exploitation. People who, you know, ultimate interests are inimical to civil liberties are exploiting these concerns and linking it to this, you know, whole denialist approach to the whole problem. I mean, you know, it would be a lot easier to to oppose, you know, the comparatively moderate restrictive measures which are being imposed here in New York City, for instance, if there wasn't really a COVID-19 pandemic. But unfortunately, there really is a COVID-19 pandemic. And trading in denialism is making the problem worse. And the worse the pandemic gets, partially as a result of people refusing to mask and refusing to vax and refusing to engage in moderate, common sense social distancing, the more of a mandate there's going to be for, you know, restrictive social measures. So it's a vicious circle. These people are not helping. These people are hurting. And yeah, there are certainly reasons to be suspicious of big pharma, without a doubt. But again, these people are getting their analysis essentially backwards, as shall be explained. I just want to point out, first of all, that, uh, you know, <clears throat> remember the uh, when the vaccine was first being rolled out, there was, uh, you know, some public health official in France said we should roll it out in Africa first and make sure that it's safe on Africans before we, uh, you know, roll it out in Europe and North America. Well, of course, that's like, you know, absolutely hideous, truly fascistic, racist bullshit. And that did not happen. In fact, on the contrary, as we shall see, the vax is being denied to the African continent altogether. We Again, we've got the opposite problem. But, you know, in contrast to these, you know, white boy whiners who think that they're being so oppressed because they have to wear a mask, I'm a lot more open to the concerns of non-white folk who have a lot more legitimate reason to be suspicious on the basis of history. From CBS News, June 30th, Tuskegee experiment survivors encourage 
COVID-19 vaccinations. Check that story out, including the former mayor of the town of Tuskegee, Alabama, a guy by the name of Omar Neal, who is the nephew of one of the survivors of the notorious federally-backed syphilis study in the town of Tuskegee, in which over a period of 40 years, hundreds of black men were subjected to experimentation without their knowledge, and uh, you know their syphilis was allowed by researchers to go untreated so that its effects over time could be studied. I mean, this is obviously a hideous episode, which was actually <clears throat> legitimately analogous to the uh, kind of you know human experimentation that was going on over this same period, by the way, in the some of the same years in the Nazi death camps. But Omar Neal, former mayor of Tuskegee, said, and 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 the nephew of one of the survivors of the experiments, said, I didn't want people to use Tuskegee and what transpired there as a reason for not taking the vaccine. So thank you, Omar Neal, for being a stand-up guy and heading off propaganda exploitation of the Tuskegee experiment by those who would, ironically, have those who are suffering from a deadly disease today go untreated or unvaccinated. And you're looking for something to, uh, you know, for legitimate reasons to protest Big Pharma. Well, try this one on for size. This is... uh, the UN-linked website Relief Web, a press release from a group called the People's Vaccine Alliance, a coalition of over 80 organizations demanding that COVID-19 vaccines, treatments, and tests be freely available to everyone, everywhere. Their slogan being, for a people's vaccine, not a profit vaccine. November 16th press release, new figures from the People's Vaccine Alliance reveal that the companies behind two of the most successful COVID-19 vaccines, Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna, are making combined profits of $65,000 every minute. The figures, based on the latest company reports, are released as CEOs from the pharmaceutical industry meet for their annual STAT Summit, the equivalent of a Big Pharma Davos, from November 16th through 18th. These companies have sold the majority of doses to rich countries, leaving low-income countries out in the cold. Pfizer and BioNTech have delivered less than 1% of their total vaccine supplies to low-income countries while Moderna has delivered just 0.2%. Meanwhile, 98% of people in low-income countries have not been fully vaccinated. Maza Sayum of the African Alliance and the People's Vaccine Alliance Africa said, quote, It is obscene that just a few countries are making millions of dollars in profit every single hour while just 2% of people in low-income countries have been fully vaccinated against coronavirus. Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna have used their monopolies to prioritize the most profitable contracts with the richest governments, leaving low-income countries out in the cold, end quote. Despite receiving public funding of over $8 billion, The three corporations have refused calls to urgently transfer vaccine technology and know-how with capable producers 
in low- and middle-income countries via the World Health Organization, a move that could increase global supply, drive down prices, and save millions of lives. And again, this recalls, uh, you know, the the news clip that I cited way back in uh, my rant on these matters back in October, in which um, the president of Namibia, Hage Geingab, decried vaccine apartheid, quote unquote. So there, you want something to protest? Well, there's something for you to protest, you fools. You want a legitimate reason to protest uh, Big Pharma? Check out the website of the People's Vaccine Alliance, peoplesvaccine.org. Follow them on Twitter, at People's Vaccine. No apostrophe in either case. And again, this global situation of vaccine apartheid is not only bad for Africans and South Americans, it's bad for everybody because it's all one planet. And it's precisely because the African continent is, is, is overwhelmingly unvaxxed that we now have to deal with the Omicron variant. That's what you should be protesting. And I take my hat off to the people who are protesting it, like the People's Vaccine Alliance. But for the rest of you, all of you privileged white boys whining about how oppressed you are because you have to wear a mask or submit to a vax in the midst of the worst pandemic in over a century, actually making the problem worse through your refusal to take the most elementary, obviously mandated measures. Well, I don't think it's a coincidence that you are blind to a disease with a planetary toll of now almost 6 million deaths with the poor and the marginalized and the indigenous disproportionately affected. And it's true for reasons that, uh, you know, the researchers don't entirely understand. Africa has not had a huge death toll, despite the fact that it's, I believe, the least vaxxed continent, possibly because the median age on the African continent is very young compared to most of the world. But certainly India, South America, and much more of the uh, developing world has been brutally impacted. And if you don't see this, have you not been paying attention, you denialists? Did you not see the headlines? Did you not see the photographs of the mass graves in Manaus? The bodies piling up in the streets of Guayaquil? The whole class of COVID orphans who have been virtually abandoned by society and the state in Peru? Did you not see the headlines about how Elmhurst Hospital in Jackson Heights, Queens, where I grew up here in New York City, being overwhelmed at the peak of the crisis last year, not coincidentally, an overwhelmingly South American and Indo-Pakistani neighborhood? Really? You didn't see any of that? So once again, when I hear you guys crowing on Facebook about how your robust immune system protects you so you don't need to take the vax, and displaying no concern, even assuming that that's true, which is pretty baseless, but even assuming it was true, displaying no concern about how you're not taking the vax affects public health, not only your own personal health, but affects the lives of others. What I hear, all you natural news readers and quack cure cranks, what I hear is, I'm an Aryan Superman. 
and all of you people who are getting sick and dying are genetically inferior untermenschen, and you deserve your fates. That's what I hear. So, I'm going to say it again. The anti-vax bullshit is fascist to the core. Don't buy their bogus anti-fash and civil libertarian posturing. They are the latest iteration of the militant radical right and must be opposed. This has been Bill Weinberg with the Counter Vortex. Wish me luck trying to get tested tomorrow. I'll be back next week with another update. Meanwhile, check us out online at countervortex.org. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash countervortex. We really need your support to stay alive. Join the Counter Vortex. Join the resistance. And hopefully, if I'm still here next week, rant on you next time.